You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, racial division it continues to be a prevalent issue in culture and church, yet God has promised his people to be unified and ha- to have a unified future. So how do we seek that path forward? Chuck Mingo and Troy Jackson founded Undivided, an organization built to unite and ignite people for racial healing. And now together they have co-written the book, Living Undivided. Chuck Mingo joins us today. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Bridget. Thank you for having me. Uh, all right, Chuck, I'm going to ask you about you, but who is Troy Jackson? Let's start there. And how did you get connected with him? I am so glad you're starting there. So Troy and I met in 2014. Troy um, was pastoring, had been pastoring a church in Cincinnati for several years, but was leading an organization that was really involved in bringing congregations together to advocate for racial justice in our city. And Troy had just come back from Ferguson, Missouri. He had been there in the wake of all that had happened in Ferguson. And we met because he wanted to get our church, Crossroads Church, involved in the work of the Amos Project for Racial Justice. And little did I know that that meeting with Troy would lead to um, now nearly a decade of relationship and to um, him and some others, along with me, founding this movement for loving courageously for racial healing and justice called Undivided. So Troy is an amazing man of God. He has a PhD in civil rights history, and so he is uh, also um, just an expert on these things, but just a committed follower of Jesus and a dear brother of mine. Well, tell us a little bit more about how you guys both decided to found this organization and why you felt it was necessary at this time. Yeah, so, you know, at the time when we met in 2014, it was really around a lot of the officer-involved shootings that were happening across the country. And as an African-American man in a predominantly white church, I was really wrestling with what is the church's response? When do we speak? How do we speak? Um, is it just about speaking or is it about more? And, and I really would say that I was at a crossroads of sorts. And so meeting Troy and getting to, which I should say for your listeners who wouldn't know, um, Troy is a 50-year-old white man. So it was a very cross-cultural relationship that we were entering into. And meeting him really was an opportunity for me to have a place to begin to process these things. And so several months later, our church does a, um, we call it a journey. It's a kind of series on steroids. Everybody gets in small groups. There's personal work that we're doing. And that year's journey in 2015 was called the Brave Journey. And it was based on the invitation that Jesus gave to Peter to get out of the boat and walk on water. And so everybody in the church was kind of going through this journey of what's the brave step that God is calling us to take. And I don't know what I thought mine would be, but I certainly wasn't um, fully surprised, but I also wasn't fully prepared for what it meant for me to stand up on a Sunday and say to, as I jokingly say, 25,000 of my closest friends, that I am called to be a voice for racial healing and justice. And that it's not just my calling, but I believe our church is called to step into this. And so that really was the birth of Undivided. Over the next nine months, a team of people would put together the experience, but it wasn't without tension um, because about three months after I made that declaration, um, we had an officer-involved shooting right here in Cincinnati, about five miles from the church where I pastor, about five miles from where I am right now. And not unsurprisingly, um, white officer, African-American motorist, there was a, a rift in our city and those tensions became real. And so what began is really this heart to bring people together was kind of um, tested through the crucible of how does a church really live undivided 
um, faithful to the scriptures, but also committed to the work of racial healing and justice. And so that's really the birthplace of Undivided and continues to be the heart of Undivided is local churches where people come together to unite and ignite for racial healing and justice. You need to explain a word for me because it says that Undivided is a flow of racial healing and justice. That word flow, I, I don't know if I've ever actually connected it with these other words. So explain that flow that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, that's our that's our vision in North Star as an organization, a flow of racial healing and justice that repairs wounds and cultivates equitable systems where all people flourish. And that really came directly out of the scriptures for us. In Ezekiel 47, you get this image, well, Ezekiel gets this image of fresh water flowing from the throne of God. And it says that as this water flows, it begins to sprout trees, and those trees have fruits, and the fruit is for the healing of the nations. And again, we see that same image in Revelation. And so when we think about this vision for racial healing and justice, we believe that this is the work of God. And we want to get in the flow of God. We're not trying to do something that God is not about. We're not trying to do something that isn't rooted in the heart and the core of God, something that you see from Genesis to Revelation. And so we talk about a flow because we're really trying to understand where is God working. And as Henry Black would be said in his famous book, Experiencing God, we want to meet and join God in that work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the word healing, that flow of racial healing, the word healing is something I think we all can get around. We, we love to hear to speak about healing. Justice can be, even when we're talking about biblical justice, we're not always sure what that means or what that looks like. And now when we talk about racial justice, what are you referring to here? Yeah, so, and that's one of the things that we thought was really important in the book, because, you know, we use words and words have different meanings in different contexts. And so we wanted to take the time to really unpack what we mean by justice. And the way that we think about that is very much rooted in scriptures like Micah 6, 8, which calls us to do justice. So we talk about justice as an action that cultivates equitable systems where all people flourish. And so we think about that. We're leaning into kind of the biblical idea of justice, which, you know, the word uh, for justice and righteousness is actually a similar word in the Old Testament Mishpat, and it shows up over 418 times. And most of the times it is in the context of social justice. I know that that term uh, has been co-opted and often can be seen as a liberal term, but um, it's impossible, I believe, to take an honest look at biblical justice and not recognize the social implications of it. That, you know, as uh, Tim Keller once said, the Bible does not give us the opportunity to separate our private righteousness from our public justice. Those things come together and flow together in the, in the life of the follower of Jesus. One of the aspects of this whole conversation is exhaustion. And we feel like we've been here before. Why can't we get past this point? And I think that's why it's helpful. You have this undivided circle. It, it helps us continue through this process and hopefully not have that exhaustion we're talking about. What is this circle? Yes, that's exactly right. And again, it's rooted in Micah 6, 8. So, you know, and we actually do it in reverse. So, you know, Micah says, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. But the undivided circle makes the case that we have to begin with walking humbly. We start in a place of understanding our own story around race and really being able to, from that place, understand the story of others around race and kind of realizing, hey, where am I at? in this journey? What are, my, what are my struggles? What are my own lived experiences that I have to reckon with? Um, because those are different based on different perspectives that people have. And then we talk about moving from the circle of walking humbly to loving mercy. And that's really about relationship. This, this transformation that we need has to happen in the context of shared experiences and relationships. And that's why the core experience of Undivided, our cohorts, um, is that we bring people together across mixed races 
into a group experience where for two hours a week, over seven weeks, they're having a set of shared experience together, story sharing, wrestling with the history of our country, but also leaning into the truth of God and the hope of God as it relates to this. But we think those relationships are so essential. And then only from that place of kind of reckoning with our own story, walking humbly and loving mercy, being in relationship, can we then begin to link arms and do the work of justice? Because I would say that justice should be an outflow of a deeply rich community of faith, um, that where you have people who are living life across difference in the name of Jesus and under the power of the Holy Spirit, justice becomes a natural outflow of how do we take this experience and make sure that there are places in our community that reflect the heart of God, that every human being has dignity and therefore every human being is worthy of justice. And then from there, you talk about taking actions to repair wounds. And did you talk yeah. about, can you expound on how we do that in community? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it can only happen in community. You know, one of the, one of the things that I hope comes through in the book is that um, Troy's and my relationship is really at a micro level what Undivided is all about. Now, what we would say is, it's easy and I think it's probably more comfortable for followers of Jesus to stay in the relational place where it's just about the cross-cultural relationship. We don't believe that the journey ends there, but it certainly starts there. It starts with being able to take a different perspective than yours and being committed to each other over a long period of time. You know, surprise, surprise, Troy and I don't agree on everything. <laughs> um, and sometimes we vehemently and vigorously disagree, but we do that out of a context of trust and of commitment to each other, um, which to me, again, you know, is the reflection of the heart of God for the church. You know, the church is a place where unity and diversity are celebrated. And we see that all throughout the scriptures and, and where those two things are strong, there's tremendous power to do good in the world. You know, a church can say, we've got the best uh, worship team. Uh, we've got the the best group, maybe, maybe uh, you know, we, we do like a celebrate recovery, and that, that's the best aspect of our church. We have the best, you can kind of fill in the blank from there, right? But it really means mm-hmm. nothing if it's not done for the purpose of sharing the good news and the gospel. So tell us why it's important to have this within your church so that it can then be an outgrowth of how you share the good news of who Jesus is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so true. You know, I, I tell um, our leaders and, and people who are part of our movement, you know, if you look at our annual report for Undivided, we're not counting the number of um, people who received Jesus. We're not counting the number of baptisms. Um, but that doesn't mean by any stretch that we don't think this is gospel rooted work, because I believe that it really, really is. And so, you know, I, I just look at the story of the Bible. Um, you know, isn't it interesting that God makes a covenant with Abraham And from the very beginning, that covenant is about all the nations. It isn't just about the the one nation. He's using that one nation, but it's about all the nations. You know, uh, there's a section of the church um, in the book that that we entitled the launch party of the church. And, you know, if you think about what happened on the day of Pentecost, what does that communicate about God's heart for the nations, God's heart for those who are different from our perspective, even from our language, that the Holy Spirit's first act would be to empower people to speak languages that they've never learned for the purpose of being able to connect people to the good news of Jesus. And obviously, if you look at, you know, verses like Revelation 7, 9, where John has this vision of every language, tribe, nation, tongue, that word nation is the word ethnos. Isn't it interesting that even as John sees what is the coming attraction of the church, 
he still sees a distinction among ethnicities and languages, and yet the unity, uh, we say this in the book, that these are people who may not speak the same language, but they're singing the same song. They're singing the song of redemption. So I believe that for people to believe that the gospel is credible, one of the things they should see is a reflection of this kind of unity and diversity in the body of Christ. And I, I would say this too, um, that's going to look different in an urban context where you have rich diversity in the community around you versus what it might look like in a place that just is more mono-ethnic. And it also doesn't mean that every church has to be multi-ethnic, but across a city, there should be a sense of partnership and relationship with churches that are coming from different perspectives, maybe churches that are in fact monoethnic, but they're working together so that they can be a broader reflection of the goodness of Jesus and the unity and diversity of the body of Christ in their city or their context. And so that's what we hope Undivided helps to fuel in local churches. Yeah, I love what you say here. You say at the end of time, when Jesus comes and reigns on the throne, there will be a reconciled people parentheses, we see that in Revelation, right? You say here, we see that they're racially different, but united through Christ's blood. And so why not experience this right now? That is your question to us. And I'm sure that's what you expound on in the book, Living Undivided and through your organization, Undivided. So practical next steps. Is this for a church then to look at the organization Undivided and how can we create these conversations and community discussions within our group? Or is for the individual or both? Yes, I'm glad you asked that question. It actually is both. We, we talked about the book and said we wanted to be two things. We wanted to be a bat signal and a roadmap. Um, I know I'm dating myself with the bat signal reference, but yes, I you know, am of that age and I do remember the old Batman show. And um, the bat signal, when it would go up, it was a sign that, hey, you're not alone. There is help coming. And I believe there are people across different perspectives, denominations, that may feel stuck or stagnant right now as it relates to what's my role as a follower of Jesus? What's the faithful path to engage in what I see as a real problem? And that's the impact of racism in our country. And so we want this book to be a bat signal to those folks. And then also a roadmap, because Undivided is not rooted in a hopeful hypothetical. Um, We are an existing team of people with expressions in churches across the country who are doing this work. And so we want to extend a broad invitation to people who are listening who would say, I want to know more about this for my church. I want to know more about this for my own individual journey to say, connect with us. We hope this book is the beginning of a relationship. And um, our website is undivided.us. And you can go there and learn much more about our organization. But we're hoping that the book is just an extension and a handshake that says, hey, let's talk. Let's be in relationship together for the sake of living undivided. Oh, we have a link at our website, ericandbridget.org. So give us one thing I can do today to live undivided. Yes. Besides buy the book? Besides, yes. Eric, I was going to say that, but I said it, he, he'll already go there. So. <laughs> just joking. I'm just joking. Um, no, um, here's one thing you can do today. I think it's so important for us to pause and ask God, God, what are you saying to me right now? I believe in the Holy Spirit's ability to communicate a very personal next step much more than I believe in my ability to do that. And I think that, you know, so many times we want to move to action. We look at Nehemiah in the uh, book and kind of use him as a character in the scriptures that demonstrates this journey that we're inviting readers to go on. And I love that in Nehemiah chapter one, when his heart is broken about the broken down walls in Jerusalem, the first thing that he does is he prays. And so I'd encourage your listeners to pause and pray and ask the Lord, hey, what is my next step? There's a reason I'm listening to this today. What is it that you're calling me to do? And I believe that God is more than able and more than capable 
to lay out what's next. And so I would encourage listeners to do that. I hope that the book can be a tool um, as they continue to discern with God. But I'm just excited to see people asking the Lord that question, because I believe that this is a work for right now and a work that is desperately needed in our country. And as you said, uh, Chuck, it's impossible really to read Scripture faithfully and not see this as an issue in the heart of our Heavenly Father, that we would be united across these lines. And that's why your book is such an important conversation starter, but then giving us action steps as well. It's Living Undivided, Loving Courageously for Racial Healing and Justice. And we've got a link to it and the website at ericandbridget.org. Chuck, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you both.